Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. It was very late at night. I was sitting outside on a rock. As Stan said, I showed him the rock when he came to my home. And I was just thinking, what did I do? I was crying so my family wouldn't see me. And all of a sudden, I saw a light coming towards me. When I saw the light, I thought it was a car. Because in Romania and in Italy, they always try to run me over with cars. So I thought, they found me here too. But it was not a car. The light surrounded me. And out of the light I heard the same voice. It was the same angel. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? Why did you punish me so harshly? What did I do? Why couldn't you let me stay in prison? But my family would have had a home. I don't have a bed to let my head down on. Why was I brought here? Dimitri, I brought you to this country because this country will burn. So why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in jail in my own country? He said, Dimitri, be quiet. Get beside me. I don't know what the device was, but he pulled me beside him and he showed me all of California. Do you see what I've shown you? This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sins have reached God and God has decided to punish them by fire. He came and showed me Las Vegas. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah and one day it will burn. He came and showed me New York. This is New York. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. And then he showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. And in one day it will burn. You've been listening to the Wake Up America message with Dimitri Dudeman. For a copy of this very important message, please go to our website at handofhelp.com. Never before in the history of our country has our nation been in more jeopardy than now. Please order a copy of the video Wake Up America at the handhelp.com website and get the warning out while we still have time. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Well, 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 and looky, looky. Another week and another uh, American prophetic fulfillment, the likes of which the pink-haired lady can only hope to uh, come close to, ever. Here we are. Uh, A lot can happen in a week, obviously. Some of you may go, well, you know, what's seven days? Well, in seven days, you had uh, two American banks uh, go belly up. I know, but they got bailed out. Now, we're going to talk about that because uh, it's a little interesting. You had what? The Sun, uh, the, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then you had Signature Bank. And then uh, in uh, yonder Europe, uh, <laughs> You had uh, the the other guys, um, 
Swiss, Credit Suisse. Oh, oui, oui. I know, they don't speak French. Do the Swiss speak French? Anyway, Credit Suisse uh, was uh, a hair's breadth away from uh, saying no mas. And then apparently uh, the Swiss government stepped in to do what our government did with uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Now, we need to have a discussion about this because uh, it's not over. All right. What Credit Suisse is supposed to borrow uh, up to 50 billion Swiss francs from the Swiss National Bank just to stay afloat. Uh, the U.S. taxpayer apparently is uh, underwriting Silicon Valley billionaires. So, you know, there's nothing new. But if you think uh, this this doesn't have all the fingerprints of 08, uh, then then you're not looking close enough. Um, it's going to get mighty interesting because you can look at this one of two ways. Uh, either, yeah, I, that that's the way it is. You can look at it. One of two ways. Either Silicon Valley Bank was the smartest of the bunch and they were first in line because if the government was going to hand out any cheddar, it would be to the first in line. They're dumb. I get that there, there's not one person with – well, one person with a banking experience – on the board of uh, Sun Valley or uh, Silicon Valley Bank. I didn't say Sun Valley. I know if it goes belly up, it wasn't my fault. I don't have that many listeners. All right. I can't compel a run on the banks just because I said Sun Valley instead of Silicon Valley. So he's no me. But you had, look, I, I, I'm looking at this both ways, and I, I know everybody thinks they were, they were dumb. But I think they were smart enough to get ahead of it and be the first in line. Because you can't bail out every bank that's going to fold. You really can't. There's, there's only, unless you start printing infinite amount of U.S. currency, which by all accounts we already are, but if we go down this road, it's, it's basically getting the choice of uh, how you want to die. Would you like the poison or would you like the hanging? Uh, either inflation is going to get so out of control that 200 bucks a pound chicken uh, w- w- will seem like a daydream, daydream or uh, the U.S. financial system collapses. Because this is the choice that the Fed has to make next week. It's not, it's not like six years from now. Next week, either Jerome Powell pivots and he stops hiking interest rates and inflation just rockets to Mars, or he continues to increase interest rates and you're going to see the domino effect of bank after bank after bank. Understand this, that Silicon Valley Bank wasn't a small outfit somewhere, you know, I don't know, in San Francisco or something, just hanging out. This was the second largest bank default since Lehman Brothers, since 2008. You take that and you couple it with Signature Bank, and you got yourself uh, 
una grande problema, as they say in California. Now, the thing that I found interesting, and again, this is why my conspiracy theory, quote unquote, it may come out to be perfectly true like everything else, but, mm, see, I don't, should I get into, I'm going to get into this. You know what? Hate me or love me, this is the truth of it. All the rising Phoenix people are like, you know, looking in their basement, hoping to revive the thing. The Phoenix isn't reviving. So this is where we are right now. Look, very powerful people, very rich people, very well-connected people had their money in Silicon Valley Bank. They're the ones that got bailed out. They're the ones that the government said, we got this. We're going to cover you. They said 97% of depositors in Silicon Valley Bank were over uh, the $250,000 FDIC threshold. So 97% of the people that had money in that thing had over two hundred and fifty grand. God bless you. I'm glad you saved your pennies and nickels. I were to be conspiratorial, which everyone knows I'm not, wouldn't it be logical that the people with the money and the power, the people in the know, the people that can see the writing on the wall that economic collapse is imminent, would be the first to either try to get their money out or be covered by the U.S. government? Huh? Let, let that ruminate just a little bit. Because I think this is, this is far worse than, uh, you know, we bailed out Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's coming out of your pocket whether you like it or not. The problem's this. Were they the first in line because they knew how bad it was and how many banks were about to fail? And they got theirs as they always do. See, the, the little guy always gets the crumbs if there's any left. That's the reality of the world we live in. Is it right? No. Would I rather that we have equity and inclusion? Absolutely not. I would prefer a meritocracy. I would prefer that somebody who's competent compensate for, compensated for their competency and someone who's incompetent goes and digs ditches for 12 bucks an hour, because that's the way it should be. I mean, there was a lot of stuff wrong with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, one of the things being that all the board, except for one guy who had experience with uh, either Berkshire Hathaway or somebody, I don't know who it was, but one guy who had experience And the rest of the board were diversity hires. A peg leg, a cyclops, a a, a gender-confused individual, somebody with purple hair, two septum piercings, whatever. Gino, stop with the plastic wrap. Thank you. All right. It just ah, drives me nuts, that noise. Anyway, I know. See, professional. We're always professional here. We have a plaque on the wall. We don't. But you don't know that. Unless you make the trek out to Watertucky, Wisconsin, you'll never know that we don't have a plaque on the wall that says professional. But 
back to, to, to the banking crisis because this is what it is. Liquidity, no mas. Liquidity is dried up. So, again, you choose the means of your execution, either prison or hanging. It's like somebody walking up to the captain of the Titanic after the Titanic hit the iceberg with a wine cork. I'm going, here you go, captain. Plug the hole. That's, that's what's happening right now. Because Credit Suisse is not going to be the last bank to go. Silicon Valley Bank is not going to be the last bank to go. And eventually, there's only so many, uh, you know, dikes you can put in the dam or fingers or whatever. Yeah, what, you know that little, you know, the, yeah. There, there, there's only so many holes you can plug up before the dam gives way. So the question, the only question, the singular question that remains is how? How are we to crumble into the dust? Either by hyperinflation where uh, if you found a dozen eggs for 15 bucks, you'd think yourself lucky. Or the collapse of the banking system and the introduction of the digital dollar. Now, again, if I were the conspiratorial sort, I would surmise that up until about last week, they were very excited about the digital dollar and implementing it. It's complete control. If you want to know what... uh, a foreshadowing of the mark of the beast might look like, that's it. Digital currency. Everything you buy is tracked. Whatever the government deems that you can't buy, whenever you go and and scan your thing, it just goes beep, beep. What, you want to buy ammunition? Beep. I am sorry, this is not an approved purchase. And for the first two years, sure, you can barter. There's silver, there's gold, there's things you can barter for the things you need and want that the government won't let you buy. But after a while, even that will run dry. So if, if you want to understand how, how complete this, this idea of control is in their minds and how the enemy would be able to bring about the mark of the beast where you can't buy or sell anything if you don't have it, Look at digital currency and its power over the individual. That's, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there for you. If you're bored, you're sitting at home, and you're tired of petting your cat because it's got a bald spot, look into that. might be a fun read. Now, I'm sure up until about a week ago, they were very excited about the prospect. We don't care. We don't care if the banks fail because then all we have to do is roll out the U.S. digital dollar. Uh-huh. The problem is, once uh, Silicon Valley Bank declared that, oops, oh, we don't have money. All we have is inclusion. And you can't spend inclusion or diversity, apparently. It's a shocker, isn't it? How can you not spend diversity and inclusion? The same way you can't spend unicorn farts and rainbow drizzle. Exactly. So they were excited about it until... One very real thing happened. And I know this sounds a little heady, and uh, for uh, 
the forex guy. I already knew this. You're just an idiot. That's fine. But some people, eh, they might want to know this stuff. Just in case they think, you know, oh, well, you know, my retirement's safe. It's all right. It doesn't matter. Uh, it Less than a week. It was about a week. Uh, now, the U.S. digital dollar pegged to the U.S. dollar, to, to U.S. legal tender. This, this promissory note is backed by uh, the, the, the faith and trust of the U.S. government. I, 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 I'm not laughing. It was just like a frog in my throat, okay? I, full faith and trust, you know, U.S. government, between diaper changes, uh, the man whose uh, pinnacle of success was standing up the corn pop is figuring out international affairs. But back to uh, the U.S. dollar. Allow me to sip from my delicious beverage. Whoo, smells like dirty socks. It must be good. It is strong. I can't, it's, it's just darkness. It's just darkness and despair in this cup. Cheers. Ooh, hot, black, and strong. I, many a joke could have been made, but I am a mature individual. Shame on you for thinking it. But, so, I know. And, and next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm reminding everyone it's going to be a recording because uh, uh, it's been a good three years since we've gone anywhere, and my kids have a little bit of a cabin fever. So uh, I, I want to take them somewhere where they can put their toes in the sand. We'll see how that works out. I'm sure I'll have stories. So up until a week ago, uh, the U.S. digital dollar was pegged to uh, U.S. legal tender. It was a one-for-one. One. A week ago, uh, one U.S. digital dollar dipped to about 85 cents. So it was no longer pegged to the U.S. dollar. It became untethered from the U.S. dollar. And so if they were going to do the conversion last week where uh, it, no more U.S. currency can be uh, traded, everything is digital, every digital dollar you would have gotten in your account would have been worth about 85 cents of a real dollar. Now, the Chinese have the digital yuan. The digital yuan is not backed by the physical yuan. It's not tethered to the yuan. The digital one is backed by gold. The digital ruble is backed by oil. We are the only nation, major nation anyway, that has a digital currency that has pegged its digital currency to its physical currency. And if one goes down, if one loses the trust of the people, if one is no longer traded internationally, if one is no longer used to purchase gas and oil and things like that, both get dragged down simultaneously. Apparently one worse than the other because uh, 85 cents to the dollar isn't something to scoff at. Now, there's a lot of uh, hypotheticals as to uh, why Silicon Valley Bank went belly up. I'm sure um, some of it, all of it's true. Uh, they, they, they bought U.S. bonds that became worthless. You know, some, things like that. But 
it's not a problem that was insulated to Silicon Valley Bank. You have to understand that during 2000, uh, 2020, 2021, money was essentially free. This is 0% interest. These people had so much money, they didn't know what to do with it, and they made very poor, very bad, very idiotic and foolish investments. Because they thought the gravy train was just going to keep on rolling. Sort of like a, you know, Creflo dollar mentality. There's always going to be a sucka sucka. Well, apparently, even you run out of suckers. It's evident now. Apparently, you even run out of suckers. And Silicon Valley Bank ran out of suckers and ran out of free money. Uh, Right now, Regional banks are uh, feeling the pressure. Every banking outfit is down. Some of it is down a lot. And I don't like being one to toot my own horn, but if you go back as little as three, four weeks ago, Uncle Mikey said, if you want to make some coin short, U.S. banks. I believe those were my exact words, or short the U.S. dollar, or something along those lines, because anyone can see it coming. And this is where we get real nefarious. This is where I wish I could turn my brain off, because uh, we're, we're, we're getting into real scary territory. If I put myself in the shoes of those pulling the strings of Monsieur Bedin, only way out that I can see right now, the only evident way out of this mess that may still allow me to retain my power and influence, because that's the whole ball game here. They don't want to give up the power. It doesn't matter if you're starving. It doesn't matter if your kids are running around naked with uh, homemade spears trying to get a rat or two. As long as they retain the power they have, they're completely content. They're insulated. Not one U.S. senator, not one U.S. congressperson, not the president or his staff are going to go hungry. They don't care. They just want to retain power. And the only way out of this, only way for them to actually say, it wasn't our fault, start a war. Let that sink in. The only way for them to shirk the responsibility of the mess they've made of the economy in the U.S. is to start a war. And I think this is why even guys like gentle Lindsey Graham goes on national TV and starts going on about, we got to shoot him out of the sky, bang, 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 bang. What would Ronald Reagan do? Well, not shoot him out of the sky, but that's a different story. What does Lindsey care? He's got his mama and probably a boyfriend down in the basement. I don't know. I don't, but hey. For a man his age with his mannerism that's never been married, I don't know. I, I, I got questions. I, has anyone ever seen Lindsay at a gala with a beautiful dame on his arm? 
No? Okay. Just checking. Does it matter? Not really, but then a little bit. Because, see, Lindsey Graham is one of those duplicitous lizards that tells you what you want to hear then does what he wants to do. But so is, is, is much of the Republican Senate, save for a couple of guys. The only way for them to skirt the issue of the economy or at least pass the blame is to start a war. And that should scare you because that means they don't care about your kids. They don't care about you. They don't care about your life. All they care about is to wash their hands clean of the mess they've made. So, yes, it's going to escalate. Yes, it's going to get worse. And the worse the economy gets and the more banks start to fail, and the more people see their life savings just evaporate, the more pressure there will be on this administration to start a conflict. Remember when gas prices were like at five bucks a gallon, even in like the rural states? What was the narrative then? What was the one uh, thing that kept being repeated time and again by every politician and talking head? This is Putin's gas price. These are Putin's gas prices. American prophetic. If it comes to it, and we do go to war, which is looking more likely every day, God help us, long before you start hearing, uh, this is Putin's economy. Huh? That's a good question, isn't it? They need a scapegoat. They don't care. Russia could pull out today. They could go back home, lick their wounds, the Ukrainians celebrate, and they wave the Ukrainian flag. They're going to still try to pick a fight. And right now, the Europeans are finding themselves in the same boat because Credit Suisse didn't revive itself. The Swiss National Bank popped billions of francs into them, and it's temporary. Again, here is a wine cork, mine captain. Please plug the hole of the Titanic. It's not going to happen. So if, if, if you want to look at this dispassionately, if you want to look at this entire situation, not through the prism of patriotism or rising Phoenix eye, I, is that, what's the plural Phoenix? Anyway, then you see that the worse it gets here, the more incentive they have to start a war with somebody. Right now, Their aim is Russia. The problem is the Russians and the Chinese are consolidating their alliance. Right now, uh, what what is it? Uh, The the chubby teddy bear, uh, Z. President Z. He's in Russia. Do you think they're talking about borscht recipes? Do you think uh, they're talking about whether cabbage rolls are better in real cabbage or in uh, grape leaves? 
No, they're, they're, they're talking about their common enemy. Nation. And what they're not understanding, because, you know, sometimes hate, hatred blinds you to simple truths, is that they don't have to try so hard. We're doing it ourselves. They, they, don't, they don't have to, 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 to sweat it. They don't have to try to destroy America. America is destroying itself every single day. And if anyone dares say anything or point out the truth, well, you know, why do you hate? I, I don't hate anybody. But I have to be a realist and I have to, to, to look at the situation as it is and go, yeah, no. It's not working. It hasn't worked for a very long time when we're digging a deeper and deeper hole. Look, this is the reality of where we are right now. Even if God was on our side, it would take a lot of pain and effort. It would take sacrifice. to turn this ship around enough to give it any semblance of hope. That's the way it is. I, I, I was around in 08. And I remember that up until the day Lehman Brothers uh, got emptied out and the people were walking out with their cardboard boxes, Everyone was saying, don't panic. Everything is fine. Don't panic. I know it looks bad. Don't panic. Don't believe your lying eyes. Some, some, I had a, I have, again, I have, I have an odd lot of friends. Uh, and one of them uh, texted me, when was it? Yesterday or the day before? I don't remember. And he goes, you know what? The fact that the president's tweeting out that the economy is strong and the banking sector is fine every hour uh, makes me rest easy. And I just had to burst out laughing. Look, they're too panicky. And not in an overt fashion. Look, I understand it's not Joe Biden tweeting in between diaper changes. I get it. But whichever one of his handlers is seeing what's coming, whichever one of his handlers understands the utter chaos that's about to unfold on these United States, subconsciously, they can't control themselves subconsciously. They're in such a panic that they have to tweet out from the presidential Twitter account, everything's fine, kids. Banking sector's A-OK. The economy is strong. Inflation's down to zero. And you know what? As, as, as George Bush was fond of trying to say, fool me once, shame on you. But fool me twice, well, you know, shame on me. Because then I'm the idiot. <sighs> and it's not, look, 
the word of God says that peace will be removed from the world, not just from North America. So the French are having their own issues with the people because now they want to make retirement age like 106 or something. And it's just work until you die and we'll put you in a box and then empty out your savings account because uh, it doesn't matter if you work for your kids. Uh, Mr. Macron, uh, you know, needs, needs a new tuxedo. Uh, so it's all over the world and the worse it gets economically, the worse it gets as far as resources. It's going to get more and more violent and bloody. Hey, I, last week, I'm, I'm watching this unfold in like New York and San Francisco. All these, these, these tech goobers, all these, these uh, you know, coding nerds with their horned rim glasses standing in line to withdraw their money. And even those soy boys. Even those people whose testosterone you couldn't adequately measure on any test got a little testy, for lack of a better word. No pun intended, but they got a little testy, so much so that the bank had to call the cops on their own customers for wanting their own money in America. Because I know we were watching people like in, in, in uh, where was it, like Portugal and other places burning down banks and, you know, starting riots because they couldn't get their money in China even. Remember uh, a month ago, people standing outside of banks and just, just burning paper because they couldn't get to their money? Now, this is happening in America. They tried to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole and... It's not even going to stop the bleeding. It's just going to slow it down. And there's a guy with a Tommy gun behind the corner. And he's got a full clip. And he's about to go to work. Band-Aids ain't going to cut it. I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, another one of these depressing programs. Fear not. Fear not. Because if you thought it was all about, you know, crumbling economies and starvation. Well, guess what, kids? There is hope. Not only are you going to get to ride pet dinosaurs in heaven, not only is there a body parts room, not only is uh, heaven going to be filled with Sasquatches and 200-foot cryptids and unicorns, Now, there is a place called Ice Cream Land in heaven. Before you get too excited, let me just warn you. Before we get into this, let me warn you. Angels get brain freeze. So if you thought you could just eat your way through all of Ice Cream Land without any sort of repercussions, brain freeze is still a thing. So, oh, Lord, give me strength. I, again, mushroom cloud, anyone? No? All right. Oh, I guess we're going to get into it. So, there's already a jello land in heaven, because why not? Uh, where uh, apparently the mansions are made of candy and the waterfalls are made of chocolate. 
And now we have come to the knowledge that there's also an ice cream land. I know you're thinking to yourself, what about diabetics? Well, you're not going to have the diabetes in heaven, are you? Just the brain freeze. (sighs) So, look, mentally ill people gravitate towards mentally ill people. That's just the reality of it. If a guy thinks he's uh, Nero, he's probably going to hang out with a guy that thinks he's Caesar. And then Napoleon comes along and they start a band. Somebody's reading questions for, for, for the pink-haired prophetess, in case you didn't know. I mean, it, Daniel, look out. This woman has more revelations than Daniel did in his entire life every five seconds. It's just astounding. So, she's asked a question. Apparently an adult wrote this out because they had to have an email account and had to be able to push buttons, which is scary. Mary's asking, I've always loved the horse Pegasus. Is there one in heaven? I guess that's a winged horse. I asked someone, what's Pegasus? Because I didn't know. So Pegasus has a winged horse probably out of... Greek mythology, why not? Let's throw that in there, too. But they want to know, are there winged horses in heaven? Well, you know, her answer goes, Satan knew they were there. He would take everything and pervert it and twist it, making anything else he could on earth, which he did a lot. So a Pegasus, uh, they do have flying horses in heaven. Absolutely, yes. Why wouldn't they? Indeed. Then they go on to another question. I know you're fascinated by this. Now thoughts of a crumbling economy are so far in your rear view. You're just going, what kind of ice cream am I going to have first? Now this is thankfully, thankfully, this is a question from an 11-year-old. At least she's not an adult. Her question is, can anything we imagine be in heaven? I'm wondering if there's anything like an ice cream land in heaven. And her answer, as a fully grown adult woman, who's about to stand before the God of all creation and answer for her idiocy, is this. I'm pretty sure there was definitely an ice cream land in heaven. If there's Jello Land, why not Ice Cream Land? Indeed, why not? I'm telling you, the ice cream scoops are huge. By the way, if you do go to an ice cream shop in heaven, which they do have, what's, what's heaven's legal tender? Hmm? I, I'm curious. But why wouldn't there be ice cream land? It is where things are created. It is. The spirit of creation is there. We do get to learn to create things. Not people, of course, but many things. Ooh, what about talking ice cream? (gasps) Talking ice cream that guilt trips you into not eating more ice cream. 
But then again, that's a different question. If, if you eat too much ice cream, can you get fat in heaven? Because that would, that would put a crimp in my, uh, you know, desire to eat all the ice cream. Like, uh, what if I'm not going to fit in my toga? Huh? I, why? Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know because it's, uh, what is it? It's Thursday. By the way, this is a recording. Uh, March the 16th, 2023, just in case you were wondering. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a fresh program. Uh, it's going to air later today. But, you know, in, in, in case you're, like, thinking to yourself, oh, my, uh, sh- should I learn how to hunt squirrels? Well, at least you have ice cream land to look forward to. That's another thing. Because her, her insinuation is that we, we get to create things so is it just like the first person that creates ice cream land and then everybody else has to ask permission to come in or can every person in heaven have their own ice cream land? Inquiring minds want to know. This is serious business. I, ice cream is serious business. So... This is where we are. I know. Because in a time of darkness, the church is the only hope for light. The Southern Baptist Convention's First Baptist Orlando allows unrepentant homosexual to baptize his friends. I know, but see, it, it's, it doesn't matter. You just create your own reality. As is in heaven, so is on earth. See? First Baptist Church Orlando, the 14,000-member Southern Baptist megachurch, led by David Uth, continues its quest to brazenly and flagrantly violate Scripture. Last year, they knowingly baptized a man who is homosexual and unrepentant of it. Uh, because you know what? And this is... Oh, Lord, I, mm, I wasn't going to get into it, but I'm going to now, huh? So, the newest narrative is that in Jesus, there is no gay or straight. That's not what the book says. The delineation, there's, there's no male or female. There's no young or old. There's no Jew or Gentile. That's where it stops. It doesn't go on to say there, there's, there's no gay or straight. Sorry, not in the book. Tim Mackey runs The Bible Project, a popular teaching YouTube channel with over 3.5 million subscribers. In a recent teaching video, he offers a theology of human sexuality that seems to be extra-biblical. So basically what he says is that, yeah, you know, do whatever. There's no such thing as right and wrong. There's no such thing as righteous or unrighteous. 
Everything is what it is. You go your own way. You do your own thing. But see, when you do your own thing, you cannot rightly expect the blessing of God. When you do your own thing, you cannot assume that you're still walking in God's will. See, sheep follow, goats wander. Sheep follow the shepherd. Sheep obey the shepherd. Goats do not. And that's the reality of it. We can try to twist the scripture. We can try to mince words. We can try to do one of a thousand things. But God remains the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. This is where we are. So for those hoping to see the light, I'm right there with you. My question is, where is it? Because you look at every major denomination and they're making concessions that they ought not to make. They're submitting to the will of the world and doing as the world demands, unwilling to stand for the truth, unwilling to stand for the gospel, and justifying and making excuses for every sin under the sun. Because, you know, the gospel, it's a big tent. But it's a narrow door. We don't, we won't even quote those scriptures anymore. We won't even say that few are those who find it. What does that mean? Oh, mercy. So what to look for over the next two weeks? Because I'll be gone next week, just warning you again. Well, if all of this happened in one week, imagine what we're going to have to talk about in two. Uh, We're not headed in the right direction. And fewer and fewer voices are brave enough to call it out. Fewer and fewer voices are brave enough to take a stand. I mean, sure, we'll find excuses. We'll say, well, you know, it's not a hill worth dying on. And, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're just, you know, uh, pumping ourselves up. We're getting ready for it. Are we, though? Look, it's only going to get harder for those waiting for the right time, by the way. It's only going to get harder to preach the gospel. It's only going to get harder to live a sanctified life. Because the pressures of the world will only increase. The persecution of the godly will only increase. The hatred against anything that is noble and good will only increase 
because the devil doesn't have an off switch. He won't stop because he can't stop. And with each passing day, he knows that his time is shorter. He knows that we're inching closer and closer to the day of judgment. And he's fighting tooth and nail to make sure that he can shipwreck and destroy as many souls as he can before that occurs. We are in a battle. We are in a war. And we cannot lay down our arms. We cannot surrender. We cannot pretend as though when both sides of one's government is itching for war, when they're trying to find any excuse under the sun to go hot because they're afraid of the backlash of the people when everything that they've done to this economy and how horrid a thing it has become comes out. Then you understand the fullness of Ronald Reagan's apprehension when he said that the scariest words he's ever heard is we're from the government and we're here to help. Your help comes from God. Your hope is in God. It's not in men. It's not in governments. It's in God and God alone. And so take this time to solidify your relationship with him. Take this time to grow in him. Take this time to trust him and build your trust in him. Because trust isn't something that appears overnight. It's something that is built upon. Focus on the things that matter. Because the earth and everything in it is passing away. So if your focus is this earth, if your focus is the things of this earth, if your focus is position or the glory of men, then it will all come to naught. But if your focus is Christ and a deeper walk with him and a deeper understanding of love and a deeper understanding of grace and a deeper understanding of the authority that you as a child of God have access to, then while a thousand fall to your side and ten thousand fall to your right, they will not come near you. That's the promise. That's the hope. That is what what God has reserved for his children. The earth and everything in it will be shaken. Anything and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're just seeing the first tremors. Worse will come. We have yet to see the big one, as the kids like to say. 
So if this is scaring us, whew, I can only imagine what some people are going to have to contend with when the real birth pain commences. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate you. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks if the world is still here. Gino, if you got anything to say, it's yours. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Um, you know, Timothy says perilous times will come in the last days. And there's a host of reasons for that. Men will be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, despisers of them that do good. And when you mention churches like the Southern Baptist Convention and the pastors are letting gay people baptize who haven't repented, you know, falls definitely under the perilous times we're living in. You know, unholy. So many things in America just defy what God called the country to be, and it's just imploding from the wickedness that it tolerates, that it, that it politicizes, that it glorifies. And we got the mess we got going because of the church, for sure, sleeping, apathetic, not proactive, not living right, people putting their hands in with, uh, with sin, leaders who don't follow the word of God properly, apathy, as I said, and our leadership, you know, we don't have the leadership to fight Russia or China at all. We are, you know, since what happened at Afghanistan, 13 of our servicemen and women died, the incompetence of what was allowed with the withdrawal of our soldiers in Afghanistan, it projected weakness like to Russia and China since that time and a host of other weakness uh, uh, things we've done. has just shown Russia and China, America is weak, uh, indecisive, worried more about, you know, how many transgender surgeries we can allow in the military than having a military that's strong and, and ready to really fight a battle. Because if you study what's going on even in the military, the cultural uh, things, the, the transgender things, the tolerance of so many things that in 30, 40 years ago would never be allowed in the military. We are not only at the door of judgment, but America is exactly what God said. Babylon has fallen, come the home of every evil and foul spirit, an unclean and uncaged bird, Revelation 18. And that's America. And, and you look at Kirk Cameron. He just wants to go to a library and teach about having good moral values. And what happens even in the Bible Belt, like Hendersonville, Tennessee, they do everything to shut them down, do everything to not allow it. But you can allow drag shows in the libraries and in the, you know, community buildings of your town. And Charlie Kirk, who's just preaching at a, or speaking at a college, 
out west, he's got people busting windows, screaming him down, trying to tell him, you know, trying to do everything to shut down him being able to what? Have the freedom of speech, which we no longer have. And then you have a, a conservative judge who's at a college, and, and the lady who invites him, the dean of the department, she blasts him before he even gets to speak, and then kids get up and just blast him and shut him down. Are we really free? No, no way. No way. The conservative viewpoint, the biblical viewpoint, people try to shut it out, trounce it. And, and I'll be honest with you, our colleges are incubators of evil, socialism, communism. So many things are coming out of these colleges. No wonder the kids are so, they're just messed up. And they want to, uh, they, they want Black Lives Matter and all these other groups to have power and authority, but try to go in the middle of a college, stand up on a little pedestal and just share from the Bible and see what happens. You know, people ought to take note where we're really at as a country and how much, you know what, that mushroom cloud, that could happen. Absolutely. And with Russia and the United States being neck and neck right now with threats, Anything can happen, China, Korea, Iran, you name it. And uh, it was, you know, Dimitri spoke years and years ago this would happen. And let me tell you, the first five or ten years wasn't easy to, to get the message out because people never believed this would happen. But we are right at the door of it happening. So as Mike said, get closer to the Lord. Get in your word. Get in the prayer closet. Make sure you have prayer in your home. Those are all good things. Thank you for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.